Hello, welcome to North Valley Church's Sermon Podcast. We are in a series titled, Serve God Faithfully. If you would like more information about our podcasts or North Valley Church, you can reach us on our website, nvcmd.org. Good morning again. My name's Dan. I'm a pastor here at North Valley Church. Friday, we've been advertising that Friday, we did a night to shine. A handful of us went to Crest Hill Baptist Church in Bowie, Maryland, and helped host this Tim Tebow Foundation event, where we kind of make, it was a three-hour event, where we invite it was children and adults with special needs, and we show up and make it a prom. It's like a prom night for them. And I got to go, and when I was looking at the things I wanted to do, I decided that I wanted to be able to step back and see what was going on, right? Because we went there to want to learn. And so I was a server. So it, mine was easy. I just got to wear black pants and a, couple, and a black T-shirt, and I helped uh, make food happen. They served them serve them feel they, sorry serve them food they had sponsors donating food so that these folks would be able to have a nice a nice little meal and i had started out in the dining room <clears throat> there was a menu and it you you sit the the guests down with their buddy everybody's got all the special needs folks got buddies and you set them down you, you let the the buddy know hey circle circle what they want put a check mark besides what you want, and then somebody with a black t-shirt will pick it up. So I'm in the dining room, and I'm making it happen, and this kid, he's like sixth, seventh grader. He's like, oh man, look, there's more people coming in. Why don't you go stand by the door, and I'll do this. I got shooed by a middle schooler. Okay. So I was the greeter. I was the greeter at the dining hall, which was good, because... Um, we had two rooms, I had to split it up, whatever. So, but it was really cool to be able to watch it happen. They had limousine rides, they had food for the folks, they had karaoke, there was dance stuff at the end. If, if you would like to know more about that, because we are looking at, can we do this next year, next February? Um, you can talk to me, you can talk to Cindy Wingood, you can talk to Kira. Kira was a buddy. She had, had a guest. Um, Jenny was there um, doing stuff. We also went, I carpooled and went with Taylor Tool. If some of you remember Taylor Tool, I know Taylor from Summit Trace Church, and Taylor works at Skycroft. So Taylor was there. Her role was the lady who kind of orchestrates the whole thing. Her name is Margot Painter. And Taylor um, was basically Margot's assistant that night. So Taylor got to see a lot of behind the scenes, how do you organize it? And we all got to see and interact and see how it goes. So, man, I would love for us to be able to see if we can muster enough um, volunteers and be, you know, it will require a network, right? We won't be able to do all this by ourselves, but we'll we would partner with Sky 
Croft and hopefully some other churches. I know there was another pastor from another church who was there doing the same thing, and he's in Brunswick. So we might part, we might already have another church that we're going to work with. All that said, if you, as I'm talking about well, special needs and our opportunities to do that, if you at all got a little inkling or some curiosity about how you might be able to help do that, we actually have an immediate need in the moment. Um, there's a baby shower going on, and the mom of that baby is one of our teachers down in the Purple Room. And so when, when little baby comes out, mom's going to need a break for a couple of months. We could use a couple of extra teachers, a three-month commitment while mom is recovering and getting used to having a baby. If that's something that you might be interested in, um, man, just talk to Cindy or talk to me. Hey, I might be able to once a month, <clears throat> maybe twice a month, if I can get a couple of people, you don't have to do it once a month, be a teacher in the Purple Room. If we can help us get over this three-month thing, other people will be back and we'll make it go. And who knows what you might discover about yourself and the opportunity to serve there. But that's what it was about. That's the opportunity in the Purple Room is to be servants. The whole night, Friday night, was nothing but bunches of people finding ways to serve God by serving other people. Right? We were all volunteers. I, th I think everybody there was a volunteer. The food was donated. It is an opportunity to be able to serve and, and see how our service can touch other lives. Um, I was at the end of it. They, um, they, have, they just opened up the dance floor. They have this crowning ceremony, and then they open up the dance floor. Um, <laughs> so me and the pastor of the church, uh, I, I know the pastor of church, we're chit-chatting, and he, he had told me earlier in the night, this, Dan, this is the best thing we do. It's the best thing we do in, in how it reaches the community, um, touches people who need it, an opportunity to show God's love. At the end of the night, when the, dance, when the dancing's going on, to watch a room full, I think there was like 30, 40 special needs folks there with buddies um, dancing it up in the dance floor. That was a good time. He, <laughs> I'm talking to Jimmy, Jimmy the, the pastor there, and, and he's like... Dan, if there was a picture of what unbridled joy looks like, this is it. He said the first year they did it, one of their parishioners had to walk away from the had to walk away from the dancing because my face hurt so much from smiling so hard. It is just ridiculous fun to be able to serve people and watch that come out. Serving is an opportunity for us to display God's love. And I, when I'm thinking about serving, right, we've talked about Bible study and prayer and worship, and there's, it's a lot about this personal interaction. Serving is that thing where all of those other three things ought to come out. If I've got my relationship with God rocking and those other spiritual disciplines are working, serving ought to be a response, just like just like worship is a response to encountering God, serving is the same thing. And similar to some of the other spiritual disciplines, when we do it and do it well, I mean, there's, there's something that happens good for us. Right? It, it's an opportunity to, again, 
put rubber to the road about our relationship with God and with others. When you're serving in his church, right, you will learn what it is to be, um, have goals, what it is to work as a team, what it is, here we go, right, we're all people, what conflict resolution looks like, right, what does it mean to be able to work through things, what does it mean to be able to sacrifice for the sake of the people around you, it is an opportunity for our faith to hit the road and actually be active and do stuff. So Jesus knew that too, and he took some time to let folks know serving matters. So I want to just walk through this um, passage in Matthew, Matthew 25. The context that this is happening in, in Matthew is Jesus is teaching his disciples about the end times. And he does it through some direct teaching, but he also does it through parables. And a parable is a, it's a fictional story, but it's a fictional story that is meant to convey either a moral or religious principle. So as we're reading this, I'm going to be taking some time to ground us in what exactly we're reading and why are we reading about this king who master who who had a um, had some property and left and came back why are we reading about that so we are going to be reading a parable that jesus taught in the context of helping his disciples understand the end times in verse 14 the word again appears it's because we're zooming down but Jesus has been doing some teaching up until this point. He's told parables before this one. He's about to intro the next parable. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags of gold, to another one bag each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. So let's just hang out here for a moment. A man going on a journey. I'm going I'm to give away some of the punchline here. The man going on the journey is Jesus. Jesus came to earth, did his ministry, died on the cross for us, paid the price for our sins, and then three days later rose from the dead. After he rose from the dead, he kind of hung out here in his resurrected body for like 40 days. And then he ascended to heaven. So he's in heaven now. He has kind of physically left us here and for us to sort out what it is. He did it so that we could be the servants. Jesus just didn't say, checking you out, taking the train, good luck, bye. The man in the story left his servants bags of gold. Jesus has done the same thing for us. He has entrusted things to us that are meant to be part of our interaction for his church. Now, here we're going to be reading about bags of gold. Money, talking about money is a great object tool for us to be able to see the principles and understand what's going on. But again, this is a parable. So Jesus you know, didn't genuinely leave me five bags of gold or even one. I didn't get any gold out of this deal. <laughs> However, um, I do have other things that Jesus has given me. He's given me some treasure. He's given me some talents and abilities. 
Jesus has given me time. Treasure, talents, time, those are all things that God has entrusted with us. And we think about those things and are kind of on the possessive side. But I want you to think about these are things that we're given from our master. If I've got treasure, if I've got some money in the bank, it's not really mine. It really belongs to Jesus. And he's going to be wondering what it is that I'm doing with it. In the previous series that we did on worship, I talked about worshiping God and that worship can be in the form of song or preaching his word or giving money, right? The Bible talks about tithing 10%. When we take the 10% and give it to God, that, that's a reflection of worship. But being a steward is what we do with the other 90. Being a servant, being a steward, being responsible for managing God's resources is what we do with everything that God's entrusted with us. Going forward, we will be talking about spiritual gifts and abilities that God has given us so that we can understand he's given us talents. Right? I want you to think about that. You are supernaturally equipped with something specific. And we've all been given different things, right? In this story, some was given five, some one was given two, one was given one bag. We've been given different gifts so that when we come together, there's a broader fruition of what it is that happens in the church. We're meant to use these things in community. And in this particular thing we're going to talk today, we're meant to be investing those gifts investing those abilities. So I talked about spiritual gifts. You'll hear more about those next week. The week after, I'm actually going to take a step and a half back, and we're going to look at spiritual gifts in context of the acronym called SHAPE, S-H-A-P-E. So if you've never heard that and you're not sure what it is, you need to be here in two Sundays or listen to the podcast. We'll be talking about all the things that are part of who we are and how we can bring them to bear to be able to be servants and good stewards to God and his church. It's funny, when I've got money, if, if I manage it well and I've got some in savings and I'm investing it, I can make it grow. I can work hard, get a good job, have a good work ethic, and I can make it grow. If I've got an ability, right, maybe, maybe leadership is a thing that you're thinking about doing. You can read a book, attend a conference, get a mentor, and grow and mature in your leadership. Time, however, doesn't work that way. There ain't nothing I can do to give me more time. There are 24 hours in the day, and while I can live a healthier life and hopefully tack a few years on, Week to week, month to month, year to year, I only get so much. So I have to put it to work, but my putting it to work is managing it well. The other two things, maybe I can put it to work and grow it, but when you think about it in terms of time, we need to be mindful of our schedule, our time. And we need to be as good a steward of that as we are the other two things, our treasure our talents, and our time. Jesus has entrusted those things. 
In our parable, the man has entrusted those to the servants. The man who received five bags of gold went at once to put his money at work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold, he gained two more. But the man who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Three servants here. One got five bags, one got two, one got one. Two of them put the talents and golds that they got, they put them to work. The other one hid the money. He hoarded it and kept it to himself instead of putting it to work. Let's look at how this turns out for them. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. I'm just going to hang out here. If you're a note taker, underliner, um, this is the big, oh yeah. At some point, the master is going to hold these servants accountable for what they did with what they were entrusted with. That's about being a manager. That's about being a steward. We don't use the word steward much unless you're on a ship. But the reality is steward means manager. We are meant to be stewards, meant to be managers. One day we will be held accountable. Dan, I've entrusted you with these things. What did you do with them? We're going to have to pay, pay an answer for that. Maybe it happens when Jesus returns. Um, tomorrow is fine with me if his calendar is open. However, it might happen when we go to heaven. And maybe we go to heaven and have a chit-chat with Jesus and talk about, how did it go, Dan? What did you do with the things I've entrusted you with? The man who received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. I have gained five more. The guy who had five bags of gold, whatever it was he did was profitable work. That there was fruit from what it is that he done. He, he did not just build a house or whatever. He found a way to, I'm going to use the word, invest what it was that he was entrusted with so that it bore fruit. There was something more as a result than when he started. In the parable, it's money, great object lesson, but the parable is about five bags of gold becoming ten bags of gold. Now for us, right, we're working with treasure and talents and time. What's the fruit? It's not just about feeling good about doing them. There's a hope that what it is that we're doing, the thing we're investing in and connected to, is producing gain in maybe other people's lives and maybe our lives, maybe in our church. That would be the really cool thing. Might be in our families. But we ought to be at, bless you, <clears throat> and happy birthday. <laughs> bless you on your birthday. How's that? Is that all right? All right. Uh, focus. Reflect about the fruit. Not only are we doing things, that's to get started. But we need to be asking ourselves, what is the fruit 
of the work and investment that I've been doing with the things that God has entrusted to me. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Catch what the response was from the master. He called him a good and faithful servant for having put to work the things he was entrusted to. And look what the reward was. He gets to share in his master's happiness. He gets to be entrusted with more stuff. Hey, I got to manage this. How cool. There's something bigger and cooler if I do well with this. Catch what I just said. There's something cooler and bigger if I do well with this. I sit in church board meetings, our church of other churches, and we pray, man, God, if you could just send more people, send more money, give us a bigger building. I hang out with pastors all the time who pray that stuff. When really I am convicted to my bones that what really God is looking for is simply be faithful with the stuff that he's entrusted to you already today. I think it's good to hope for a promotion, good to hope for the raise, good to hope and set goals and work towards those. Yay. But as far as our relationship with God, I mean, he wants us to be faithful with what it is that we have today. If we do a good job managing what we've been trusted with already today, then there's an opportunity to grow it into something more. And God might come along and do that. God might be withholding blessing because he's waiting for us to do well managing the stuff he's already entrusted to us. I've watched it play out more than a few times. So as you think about what you're hoping and dreaming, do that. I'm all for praying big, crazy prayers. Cool. But in that conversation with God that you're asking for that stuff, also be reflective. How am I doing with the stuff you've already given to me? And see if I'm being a good and faithful servant with that. Moving forward, the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. As we think about the stuff that God's entrusted to us, sometimes, human nature, we start to compare ourselves to other people, right? We want to, want to we start to go, God, wow, if... If you had only made me as good-looking as Alex. I've always been a frustrated drummer. I play guitar. I've always wanted to be a drummer. If I could have only had that. I can say that every once in a while. But the reality is, he's entrusted me with other things. My responsibility is not to be like Alex, regardless of how envious I might be of him. My job is to be faithful with the stuff that's been given to me. I've been given two bags of gold, then I'm going to put it to work. I can be a good and faithful servant with five bags of gold. I can be a good and faithful servant with two bags of gold. I can be a good and faithful servant with one bag of gold. Be focused. 
on the good and faithful part of what it is that God has already entrusted you with. The guy with two bags of gold was able to do that. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. It's deja vu all over again. Does anybody think I reread some verses? I did. The reward for the guy with five bags is the same as the reward for the guy with two bags. The reward had nothing to do with what they were entrusted with to start with. The reward involved being faithful and good stewards of whatever it is that God has entrusted to you. The ultimate reward is more. God will entrust us with more if we're good with whatever it is that we have now. I'm going to get to share in God's happiness if I'm faithful with whatever it is I have now. So our human nature causes us to compare ourselves to other people. Step back from that. Simply have a conversation with God. What have you entrusted me with? And how can I be a good and faithful steward of it? Now let's look at the guy who had one bag of gold. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. That was a way different response than the first two. What is this guy's view of his master? It's kind of despicable, isn't it? This guy does not love his master. There is a lack of honor. There's a lack of respect. There is a lack of love in this guy's response to having the one bag of gold. We're about to see how that's going to turn out for that guy. But I want us to take a moment and go, you know what? My serving God is really born out of my love for him. I'd love to be able to tell you that serving in church and working and playing in bands and serving in the purple room is um, unicorns and puppy dogs and beautiful rainbows every day. But it's not. You stick to and are faithful doing the things that God's called you to do because you love him. If we do that well, it will come out of our service. But wow, it needs to be born out of our love for him. When we serve and get plugged in, sometimes we get focused on being territorial. This is mine. Yep, mine. You can't do this, and I'm in charge, and if you try and scooch in, I'm going to push you out. We have a habit of doing that in churches. That's not born out of love for God. Sometimes we get apathetic. All right, I'm here. I checked in. What time was I supposed to be here? Uh, whatever. Okay. Are we done yet? Can I go? I'm hungry. There's a quarter pounder waiting for me.
you will be rewarded, good and faithful servant. <laughs> sometimes we get territorial, sometimes we get apathetic. Neither of those are reflective of the love that we should have for God. So as we serve, it's not just the fact that we serve. I want you to also be thinking about how you serve. Am I serving in a manner that's reflective of the love that I have for my God? The master replies to the servant. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown, and I gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. This is about to go bad for this dude. Big, the big message, the billboard for us is, doing nothing with what you've been entrusted with is not okay. Zero is not going to be okay. The parable Jesus is sharing that the guy who hid the money just kept it to himself and tried to go to Jesus and go, see, I just gave you back what you gave me. That's not going to be an okay answer. We really are expected to use the things that God's entrusted to us as a faithful steward. Don't do it lovelessly. The master continues replying. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten. For whoever has it will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Who does not have, whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Do you remember me saying earlier that, hey, you know what? If, as we're looking for more stuff, the promotion, the raises, and good stuff, that maybe God's looking for us to be faithful with what we've got now. And if we do that well, maybe he'll entrust us with more stuff. The other end of the number line is, if I'm neglecting the stuff that God's given to me and entrusted to me, he might just simply take it away. I think there's an eternal perspective. I think there is a temporal perspective as well. If we aren't good stewards with the things that God's given to us, he might choose to take them away. The downside of not having our servanthood, our stewardship, the fact that we're managing God's stuff, not ours, straight in our head, here's the downside. And this passage wraps up with, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. As you read parables and study and see how Jesus taught, when Jesus is saying stuff like that, he's talking about people who are not saved. So in Jesus' parable, the guy who had one bag, he's not even a faithful, faithful trust of the master, which is why maybe you only got one bag of gold. But he got a bag. So yeah, I will concede that if you wanted to look at it spiritually, the guys with five bags and two bags were in love with their master and followers. The guy with one bag is not. But there's a, still a principle 
that God wants us to invest what we're trusted. Just because we're followers of Christ, just because we've made that decision that Jesus did die for my sins, do the thing for me I couldn't do for myself, just because we make that decision doesn't mean we're off scot-free. One day the master's going to return and hold us accountable for what it is that he's trusted to us. I hope that for today you just understand I've been entrusted with something. I need to figure out what that is and what that looks like and how can I can put it to work. But I want all of those things. I don't want you to be doing it in freak out mode. I would love for you to be doing it out of love for God, to be reflective of what it is that he's done for you already. And that just like we respond to encountering God in worship, we can respond to what it is that God's done for us by serving him. We are about to celebrate communion. It's an opportunity for us to reflect and remember what it is that Jesus has done for us. Do I have a communion slide, Millie? Got the word? Yeah, look, communion. That's everyone's cue. We are about to celebrate communion, to take a moment and reflect exactly what it is that God's already done for us, that he sent his son, that his son died on the cross for us. And as we take the materials, the, the crackers and the, and the juice, it reminds us of the broken body of Christ and the blood that he shed. For those of you who are concerned about that, the crackers are in fact gluten-free. And as I shared that the last time we did this, somebody shared, well, that's why they taste so bad. But I'm not serving breakfast. It's okay if you don't think they taste good. But it's an opportunity to be reflective. We are going to play a song while Dustin and Amanda hand the materials out. While we're doing that, if you could please just take a quiet moment and have a conversation with God about being a servant, being his steward of things. And if there's something that you need to confess, then take this opportunity and confess whatever sin or neglect that you have been struggling with up until now. Reading from... 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Would you pray with me? Dear Father in heaven, we are grateful we are humble before you and for what it is that you've done for us how Jesus has demonstrated your love for us that he came and lived this life and died on the cross to pay the price for our sins to do something we didn't deserve or have done nothing to earn you did it simply out of love
And when he rose from the dead three days later, demonstrated he has power and authority over sin and death. And he really is who he said he was. The son of man, the Messiah, the son of God. You draw us and call us into a relationship with you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would find us humbly and gratefully thankful for what it is that you've done and that you would see us respond in worship. Lord, you would see us respond in serving. We know that whatever it is that we might be struggling with or moving through today, ultimately, we already have the victory. We already have won because we are part of your family. Help us to be mindful of that in the week to come, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can stand as we close out in worship.